Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Tuesday, November 28th little uh, day off of the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's just say I'm sure they needed a day off after that loss uh, last night. We got a lot to get into tonight. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Still three more games left for the week, so still a lot to get into. Um, we'll, we'll spend some time talking about the, the loss yesterday. Is it something? Is, is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? I thought LeBron's uh, quote at the end of the game or in post game talking um, about a lot needs to change was interesting. That one kind of is a head scratcher. Maybe he's noticing something that this team clearly isn't doing after that loss against Philly. Uh, more rumors around Zach Levine. Laker fans, whether you like it or not, there are rumors from legitimate, legitimate sources, legitimate people that cover the sports. Um, you just keep hearing Zach Levine's name come up. Uh, whether I think less to do with the actual name, more to do with the concept of just this team and this roster, and is it good enough to go win an NBA championship? Clearly right now, no one can make a case to me that they can, uh, but there's still a lot of time before, obviously, the trade deadline. And then I also want to get into AD's ups and downs on offense. Um, It's just not going to get it done, and I think every Laker fan knows that. If Anthony Davis is not great, then the Lakers are probably not going anywhere this season, and he certainly has had those ups and downs uh, all season long so far. So a lot of good stuff to get into at 7.30. Allie Clifton, who covers the Los Angeles Lakers, obviously a part of Spectrum Sportsnet, a host there for Spectrum Sportsnet. She's going to join us at 7.30. So Lakers get blown out last night by 44. Not 10 not 15, not 25, not 35, 44. Um, man, I, I I was actually really, really looking forward to yesterday's game. And the reason why was, uh, I'm sure you guys listen to me, whether it's with Travis or it's in the pregame show, I love barometer games. I love to see where your team is. And there's only a few teams that you're going to play where you're like, all right, well, hey, we're going to find out what the hell we are. Games uh, against the Denver Nuggets, that's a great barometer. Now, of course, you need the other team to be healthy. That's not the case right now for the Denver Nuggets. Um, I'll give you another good example. I know it's going to sound a little crazy. Lakers got the Oklahoma City Thunder coming up on Thursday. That's a barometer game. It's a barometer game because Oklahoma's got one of the best records in the Western Conference. They got a good battle going right now, them in Minnesota, 83-82 in the fourth quarter. And both of those teams, that's one and two in the Western Conference. Milwaukee's a barometer game. Boston's a barometer game. Um, Phoenix, when they're healthy, a good barometer game. Last night was a barometer game for the Lakers. And they got their asses kicked. Uh, you know, I, I got no other way to put it. There's nothing to sugarcoat. Everybody knows. Everybody saw the final score. Um, 40 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Down again. And I'm going to get into this, how the Lakers just can't figure out a way to start off games uh, positively. That's obviously been a, a big issue. But I guess the question that I have, what was last night? Was it a bigger problem 
or is it just one game? I would make the argument that it was one game. I'm not going to panic like the world's going to end because the Lakers lost by 44, even though 44 is an insane number to lose by in the NBA. That number in itself is insane. Um, But I would be, I feel like I would be, um, I wouldn't be sincere because I was also spending time on Monday. This was uh, yesterday, so this was before the Lakers obviously played the Philadelphia 76ers, and I was coming back from a weekend saying, look, they've won seven of their last nine games. They went to Cleveland without Cam Reddish, without Rui Hachimura, without Gabe Vincent, without Jared Vanderbilt, and they had a nice win against the Cavs. And AD looked great, and seven players scored in double figures. So I'm actually feeling really good about where the Lakers are. They're doing all this and missing some key role players, and they feel like they're starting to get into some type of a groove. And it's not that the Lakers are playing perfect basketball, because they're not. Um, but I was feeling good going into that game yesterday against the Sixers. I think the Lakers just just ran in, had one of those games where they looked awful, Philly hit 22 threes. Um, early in the game, Lakers, I think, had a five-point lead. And before you know it, Philly goes on a 20-2 run. And even if the Lakers closed out the first half and we were sitting there saying, well, they're only down 15 and we we're trying to find a positive spin to it. Well, they're down 25 a few minutes earlier. They just closed out the half on a 15-5 run, which got them there. Um, but it was never a game. Philly dominated. The game was never in doubt. Never did you think that, okay, the Lakers are in a great position. But to me, I, I I still lean more towards I thought it was just one game. Now, the one thing that makes me think, all right, maybe that's not the case, is Bron's quote after the game. After the game, it was um, Dan Wykey from the LA Times that was basically just asking the question, um, asking the question of... Uh, um, I'll read the actual quote. So here's what Braun said about what needs to change. He says, what needs to change in order for that not to happen again? Um, he said a lot. When asked for specifics, James declined. He said no. Um, he said a lot. Basically, what he's saying is uh, the question was, what needs to change? He says a lot. Now, I, I thought I've seen Braun in predicaments and situations like this before where I don't think Braun overreacts. I think Braun is very even keel when it comes to that. Not too high, not too low. I think there are a lot of times when Lakers might have a bad loss. He's like, look, it's a miss or make league. They hit their shots. We didn't hit our shots. We like the, sh- the looks that we had. And if we could do it all over again, we'd take those shots again. He had the quote, what was it, a couple weeks ago when the Lakers lost in Miami and Cam Reddish took a corner three and people were saying, you know, Braun, why are you passing the ball to Cam Reddish? And Braun the next day after Cam Reddish hit some big shots for the Lakers in a road win said, um, and for all those that were telling me that I shouldn't pass Cam Reddish, I make the right basketball play every time and look, it worked out this time. Braun is pretty good about deflecting. Braun, Braun is pretty good about everybody relax. It's November, losing a game and looking bad in November. Nobody's even going to remember that game in a month or two months from now. But I thought Braun saying yesterday that a lot um, when asked what needs to change, that one threw me off a little bit. That maybe Braun early in the season is trying to send a message to this Lakers team that um, we're not where we need to be. We're nowhere where we need to be. And if we keep playing like this, we can stop the whole conversation of Lakers being one of the teams that's supposed to be contending for an NBA championship. That was the goal coming into this year is 
are the Lakers going to be in a position to contend for an NBA championship? And if the answer, um, and I don't think you can get that answer 18 games in, but I think we could all look at what the Lakers have put out so far. And I don't think anybody can really make an argument and say, ah, yeah, I mean, geez, guys, let's not make any changes here. You have everything you need. You, you, you know exactly what each player is going to deliver. But to the Lakers, you know, uh, to kind of play it their way, you don't need to know 18 games in. Frankly, you don't need to know 50 games in. You just need to know as you get closer to the trade deadline and you're a team that's clearly all in and trying to win right now is do you feel like the team that you have by the time you get to January 15th, are we good with this roster? If we're going to make a tweak, where's that tweak going to come from? And I don't think you can really look at this Lakers team and as bad as last night was and they get there, you know what, um, lose by 44 points. I think as bad as it was, to me, it still counts as one game. And I think the Lakers will be fine, and I think they're not a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't think that because they lost to Philly that bad. Um, now, you got another one of these. If you get another barometer game coming up, and you get blown out again, and then you get another barometer game and you get blown out again, okay, that's a different story. Because if you're only feasting on Utah and Portland and Memphis um, and occasional Houston here, those types of teams, Cleveland, which is very average, literally that's their record. I thought they'd be a little bit better, but they're average. If you're just feasting on teams that are not that great, then maybe it's a different conversation or it's a different topic. The bigger problem I have with the Lakers that I can't figure out, I don't think anybody can, why are they so bad to start games? And I don't know how you guys are as fans or whatever the case is. Um, You want to point the finger and you want to say, well, it's that person's fault or it's that individual or this person's doing this. I, I don't know where to point the finger at. And maybe that's because that's multiple people who should be getting blamed there's a stat this morning uh, doing the Travis and Sliwa show. Lakers have now been down by 12 points or more after the first quarter in eight of their first 18 games. Let me say that again. Lakers are down by 12 plus after the first 12 minutes of the game in eight of their first 18 games. How is that possible? I mean, that's the thing that I'm having the most difficult time comprehending. Watching a Lakers game, listening to a Lakers game, and it's like down five, down eight, down 12, down 15, first quarter ends. And it's a consistent thing. That means almost 50% of the time, the Lakers are down double digits before you even get to the second quarter. Okay, that's fine. You could come back against teams that are not all that good or not all that talented. Um, even an, a decent team like the Dallas Mavs, you can make it a game. But when you're spending the final two quarters or two and a half quarters or the final 12 minutes just trying to get back and and climb this uphill battle, it's a terrible look for the Lakers. Is it on coach? Is it on Darvin Ham? Is it on the players? Is it on the leaders of this team? I don't know where to point the finger, but I feel like i got to be pointing it in multiple directions. Is Darvin Ham not getting these guys ready to start the game? If your players are coming out flat, if the energy is not there, if second chance points is a complete 
Um, it's one-sided, and you're doing the same things over and over again. You're struggling with the same things over and over again. I don't want to hear, oh, we're just missing shots. That doesn't sound like, uh, that doesn't sound like a, a, a good enough reason. That doesn't sound like that's, that's a good enough comp. Um, I think Darvin Ham definitely has a play in that. I think Darvin Ham not getting his guys ready to start the game definitely has a play in what the Lakers have done so far. Okay, let me go a little bit further. Darvin Ham's not playing in the first 12 minutes. He can only do so much. Ultimately, at the end of the day, tip-off starts, and Lakers basketball, and you're trying to figure out, all right, um, now it's on these players' hands. And I'm going to go to LeBron and Anthony Davis. They're the two leaders of the team. How come they're not setting a tone once the game starts? How come they're not the ones looking at their teammates saying, fellas, we can't keep digging ourselves a hole. They're just... As you look at this team and you look at how many veterans are there and you look at how many guys have been in the league for a long time and you know the uh, Darvin Ham, yes, in his second year, but the guy's been around the NBA for obviously years. I can't figure out how they can be this bad to start out games. And um, I think, honestly, until that gets figured out, that's going to be something. We're going to be looking at Laker games where you're down 15 or you're down 20 or you're down 25. Those can easily turn into you lose by 44. I know 44 is an extreme number, but those bad starts have been uh, mind-boggling and very frustrating. I think a lot of Laker fans would agree with that. Um, All right, quick shout-out here. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change, proud partner here of Lakers Talk. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, Allie Clifton from uh, Spectrum Sportsnet is going to join us in about 10 minutes or so. Looking forward to having a little Laker conversation with her. Um, I, I want to read something off to uh, Laker fans here real quick because I-, I think these numbers are... Listen, I know there's ups and downs for Anthony Davis, but I think a lot of times, at least for me, I know how great he is on the other side. And if Lakers are winning, I don't really pay that close of attention to AD stats. I don't. If you're winning basketball games, um, I think a lot of those players feel the same way. If you win, 
who cares how an individual does? If you lose, then it's like, all right, well, why didn't this player do this? Or that player should have done that. We know that. We know how that all works. NBA Central had put up on Twitter, um, had put up AD's numbers over the last 10 games just offensively. How many points that he's had over these last 10 games? Let me list them off for you. And we're starting with last night's game. 17 points, 32 points. 10 points, 26-27. 16 points, 9 points. 19, 30, and 18. They're all over the place. The high that you have here is 32. That was against the Cavs. Uh, The low that you have is 9 points. You have a couple others in there, too. You have a 10-point game against the Dallas Mavericks. You have a 16. You have an 18. Only two games where he had 30 or more, a 30 and a 32. That ain't going to get it done. I mean, I, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's just not. The Lakers are so incredibly dependent on Anthony Davis to do everything. I understand. Again, I'm going to say it again, what he's doing on the other side. But those numbers, what, what, 22 points a game, what is his average right now? It's around there. That's not enough. And I'm not trying to get into the Anthony Davis versus Joel Embiid chat or Anthony Davis versus the top players in the NBA chat. I don't, I don't want to get into that conversation because there's no need to get into that conversation. But that's not going to get it done. It's just not going to get it done. And if the Lakers are going to realistically compete for an NBA championship, there's a lot of things that, you know, Lakers are obviously going to have to do better. But AD's ups and down, ups and downs on offense, that's just not going to get it done. This morning, Trav and I were looking at Embiid's numbers, and his numbers, they're either right around his average, which is that 30, 31, somewhere along those lines, or that you got like a 40 in there. You might have a he has a 20 in there, but pretty much all his numbers they're very very consistent. AD's numbers uh, that that's why last night I kept saying this in the pregame show. I'm like I I'm not worried about. I know what Joel Embiid's going to do. I just I'm not 100% sure what AD's going to do on offense. And that's just I don't know why that's so glaring to me that over those last 10 games those are his numbers offensively. They're just so all over the place. Okay, I want to make sure I get into this as well. Um, So this morning, uh, I saw Sham Sharania, obviously part of The Athletic, was doing a show. I think it's Run It Back. It's a a show that is, I don't know if it's predominantly on Twitter or on just the social platforms, but I want to read a quote here from Shams. And he's talking about the Lakers, and he's talking about a name that has been rumored now for at least the last 30 days or so around the Lakers. He says, I expect them, he's talking about the Lakers, to express interest in Zach Levine, but he's making almost $40 million. And so to total the salaries, to reach that amount in a trade, guys like D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, they are not both trade eligible till mid-January, and so the Bulls, I'm sure, would covet Austin Reeves in any potential Zach Levine trade, as any team would. If you're the Lakers and you're out there trying to pursue a third star, whether that's Zach Levine, anyone else that becomes available, the player that teams will ask about is Austin Reeves 100%. 
So it's been interesting listening to Laker fans talk a little bit about their thoughts on Zach Levine, if that guy's the right fit, if he's not the right fit, so forth and so forth. We've we've had those conversations already. Um, but it's the first time that we're really actually hearing Zach Levine's name, or I'm sorry, Austin Reeves' name come up. Um, I'm going to go back to what I've been saying this entire time. They don't need to rush to figure out whether changes need to be made to this roster. And right now, at least through the first 18 games, I don't think this team's good enough to go win an NBA championship. And I don't think I'm breaking news here. Um, But they don't need to know today. They just need to know down the road. And they just need to know the dates that have been given out there that January 15th is when D'Lo and Rui could potentially become available, trade eligible. They got time. So... Whether you like Zach Levine, you don't like Zach Levine. Whether you don't want to get rid of Austin Reeves, you want to keep Austin Reeves. Whatever your your position is, just a reminder that Jared Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent, uh, Rui Hachimura right now as well. Can we wait till these guys come back before we start um, uh, openly looking to trade these guys? And by the way, I'm not I'm not opposed to trading anybody on the roster. Lakers are in a position where they're trying to win a championship right now, so I'm not opposed to it at all. I just don't think they have to worry right now. Let me squeeze in a quick call here. Daniel from Santa Monica. Daniel, got about 45 seconds. Go ahead, bud. Thanks, Al. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, real quick, look, the roof is on fire. I don't think we should wait till the, the house is burned down before we do something about it. I understand there's that January 15 thing, but I think the whole reason here is that we're losing by 46, right, is – we just we don't have guys with that will to win. D'Lo, silky smooth, silky soft. AR, soft, backs down from the moment. Christian Wood getting tons of minutes, super soft. AD, I flipped on the Laker game the other night when I got home. He was, like, chuckling with Kyrie before I saw the score. I was like, oh, okay, things look good. We're down 17. I just think that those guys who are, like, getting tons of minutes and are, 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 we're kind of looking to, they don't have that will to win, that fire. So I just think that we it's time to it's time to ship out D'Lo, AR, Christian Wood, Rui, he's soft too. No presence on the court for a guy that size. And just and just build a roster with guys that are like hungry. Like that's why Cam Reddish is so felt that he's gone because he's hungry. He moves with force. You know he gets into guys. He doesn't back down from the moment. I just think we're missing that. And uh, just curious on your thoughts on that. Daniel, appreciate you calling in. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I, I think there are players, and this is fair, that Laker fans want to hear. Uh, you want dogs. You want guys that can be there. You want guys that have more energy. A lot of the guys they're missing right now, I, I think, are going to provide that. That's what Gabe Vincent is. That's literally how Jared Vanderbilt is in the league right now. Um, I don't think anybody's ever questioning uh, Cam Reddish, we, we talked about. Look what he's done so far this year. It's kind of came out of nowhere. Effort is certainly not an issue. Um, so I, I do think that there are players that are not on this roster right now that will eventually show up. I'm not trying to make excuses for the Lakers. I'm really not. I, I cannot sit here and tell you with a straight face that I think this team is good enough to go in at all because I don't think that's the case right now. But I'm going to go back to it's November 28th. If it was... January 28th and the trade deadline's coming up in the, the next couple of weeks. That's a much different conversation. Quick shout out here. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, um, a partner here of Lakers Talk, rushing your neighborhood Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure riders in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Allie Clifton from Spectrum Sportsnet's coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for a service? 
Head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home with a 15-minute drive through oil change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. With Valvoline, you stay in your car while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. They take care of everything. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Um, this was the day before Thanksgiving. Went to the Valvoline out here in uh, Pasadena, and check engine light comes on. It was time to get the oil changed, got the car serviced, got a couple other things that they recommended. New air filter, new this, absolutely, get it done. I want my car, I want to definitely pay attention when it's time to take care of my car because I don't want to run into issues down the road. And Valvoline Instant Oil Change will take care of all that stuff for you. Go to the website, SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. I want to welcome in Allie Clifton, studio host over at Spectrum Sportsnet for the Los Angeles Lakers. Allie, uh, first off, thank you very much for making the time. How are you? I'm good, Alan. Thanks for having me, as always. Well, okay. I, you know, there's so many different places for me to start, but let's just go with what is the absolute latest. What happened yesterday? I, I, it's kind of <laughs> funny. I'm I'm trying to figure out, is it just, a, is it just <clears throat> hey, this happens in the NBA. It was a really bad loss. Philly hit every shot. Lakers looked awful. Or do you think there's a little bit more to it? I, I know one of Bronze quotes um, yesterday after the game, when he was asked what needs to change, he says a lot. Just your viewpoint of, of what yesterday was. You know, I, I actually commend a lot of athletes, and including LeBron, who, as we know, has played more minutes than anyone now in the history of this game for being able to kind of keep their composure, in a sense, immediately following games and situations as such for last night. Um, but I'm one, I, I feel like I've watched this this league for a while now, and we all know it's a long season, and you do have um, a game or two like this throughout the course of the regular season. I also listen to, you know, our, our Hall of Famers who sit on the desk with me during post game or, or with Geeter and 
just kind of putting that all into perspective. But I will say a loss like last night, it is different. You know, it is one of the worst losses for, for LeBron James, obviously, of his career. It was the worst loss of his career. Um, we, we showed a graphic on our postgame show of how it was tied for the fifth worst in terms of point differential in Laker franchise history. Um, those, I feel like, sit differently. And, and I think the biggest thing with this one, yeah, you do flush it, you move on. You have no choice. The beautiful thing about the NBA is you have another one coming at you quickly. Um, and that's the case for the Lakers in Detroit. But I think it's the way in which when you kind of break down losses and, and just so, the games that the, the Lakers have had this season and, and a few things that just continue to kind of repeat themselves, whether it's the lack of you know, efficiency with the three ball, defending the three ball, um, the, the defensive glass and their ability to really make amends on that. And then also the slow starts to the first quarter. And look, I'm one of those who, who has harped on it and believed too. It's really hard to judge and, and understand what you really have until you're fully healthy. And you look at the four guys that are out currently right now for the Lakers. Those are your top rotational guys in terms of perimeter defense. Um, and I think eventually over time that'll add up when they're out as long as they have been out. Um, but last night was tough. It was ugly. Um, it's not one that you want to harp on or um, think about too too much, but I think you use that as fuel and momentum and break it all down, as I'm sure the Lakers have done today with film, and, and get back to the drawing board tomorrow and try to erase it in the best way possible against the Pistons. Well, it, it helps that you got uh, the Pistons coming up <laughs> next, which, by the way, I mean, they got nothing to lose, literally. They've lost 14 right. games in a row, so... Um, they're going to be playing with house money, but uh, obviously everybody's going to expect the Lakers to take advantage of that schedule tomorrow. Um, just kind of expand, and you've covered Braun for a long time. When he says, when it's asked, hey, what needs to change, and he says a lot, how, how much is that? Uh, is Braun just trying to rally up the troops, kind of send a message early on in the season? You sometimes see it with coaching. I think it was maybe five, six games in, Darvin Ham was questioning the Lakers' effort. And then they made a change in the starting lineup, moving Austin Reeves, coming off the bench. So there have been already a couple times this year where I think some messages have been sent. And 10-8 and eight through 18 games with some of the injuries that the Lakers have had, they're not in an awful position at all. But what do you what do you think Braun what what kind of message do you think Braun was trying to send by by having that quote yesterday? Yeah, I think just all in all it's just unacceptable to lose by that that amount um 44 points. Um you're coming off to kind of your point in terms of perspective what I arguably thought was their best road win of this season uh in Cleveland on Saturday with things just really looking great from start to finish with that one and you know, dealing with the same adversity on Saturday that they, they had a, up against uh, there on Monday. I just think it's one of those things where you, you're going to have nights like this, but the way in which this one felt, let's not make this uh, a routine. Let's not make a pattern out of this. You know, this is a one and done. Let's remember who we are, what we're about. And, and in the long term, when you are trying to be that franchise or that team that wants to be the last one standing, this can't become a thing. And I think that for him, he's always been about no matter the adversity you're facing, the injuries you're dealing with, the things that you can control is what your mind needs to be focused on. And it's about building habits every single day. You know, you might lose in the midst of building habits, but having the right intention from an energy standpoint to a focus level standpoint to a game plan, a scouting report uh, standpoint, those are the things that you can control. And I think that that's just kind of his reminder of, Let's get back to the drawing board. Let's not let this become a thing um, and be better with the next opportunity, which is in Detroit. And to your point, 
they could be one of the most dangerous teams when you've lost 14 in a row. Sure. You're still on the road, and you still have something to kind of prove to yourself that what you just saw in Philly is not who you are, it's not what you want to be. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the approach there. Let's not freak out about this. Let's not throw things out of perspective, because I agree they're 10-8. and eight. They've dealt with a lot of adversity. They've shown good signs in the midst of this adversity. But this is not not the, the Los Angeles Lakers that this team wants to become and, and really hasn't been um, for much of the season. Allie Clifton, who is the studio host over at Spectrum Sportsnet, covers the Los Angeles Lakers. By the way, hosts Road Trippin' Podcast, hosts the Lake Show Podcast, so um, obviously got uh, it's got all your NBA covered. Uh, joined us here on Lakers Talk. Allie, I, I think there's – it's kind of interesting. I, I've tried – evaluating as best as I can. And I think Darvin Ham, he, he said this a couple times, it's, it's really tough to know what the Lakers are based off of, mm-hmm. A, it's a short, it's a small sample size, and then B, you've had some key rotational players that Jared Vanderbilt, it sounds like the thought process before the season started is he's going to be a starter. Um, Rui has missed some games. Now he's missing games, and then he missed some games early on when he had, um, he had to go through uh, the uh, – Concussion protocol. Concussion protocol. Exactly. Yep. Concussion protocol. And then you go down the list. Torian Prince has missed some time. Obviously, Gabe Vincent's been out, been out for a while. What are some of the things, even though you know that the Lakers have missed some players and they've had some good wins, some bad wins, what are some of the things that you look at early in the season and, and you say, you know what, I really like where this is going, or things that they do well now that you feel like it's only going to get better? What, what are just some ways to look at this Lakers team that you've been impressed by over the first 18 games? I think, number one, that your stars, for the most part, for the majority, have been there. They've been available, they've been healthy, um, and they've been able to show their chemistry together as a pair, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the production that they still can bring to the floor every single night, um, and their willingness to be locked in and committed to the process that is. Uh, I think that is very evident um, and has shown to be very strong. Um, Having said that, you need a healthy roster because you don't want these two individuals to be having to put forth the minutes, I believe in this, um, for a whole 82 two games or, or however long they're going to be available this entire season, right? Um, we've talked about that. Um, but then also, I think that in this month of Defe- December, November, we're almost to December, this month of November, they've shown some promise on the defensive end despite not having some of their best perimeter defenders. And I think that's something to build on. I think, one, it's something to understand and know that you've got very capable guys inside that locker room, that there is a plan in place, a process uh, to continue to be developed with time that will only get better. And for a team that's prided themselves on, you know, defending and hanging their hat on that end of the floor, I can only imagine what it, what it will look like once this team is fully healthy. Um, so those are two of the things that I have kind of gleaned on and, and leaned on, I guess, if you will, in this moment um, as this team tries to get at full strength. But, uh, there's still those other areas that we all know, you know, the, the rebounding, the, the three ball. And then of course the slow starts out of the gate. Um, that doesn't help any ball club when you're playing from behind for, for much of the start of every single game. Yeah. Everybody's still trying to figure out the slow starts. It's funny listening to you guys there and uh, whether it's big game or it's Robert Ory, um, the, the whole crew there, I think everyone's trying to figure out they've had eight games so far this year where they're down, 12 points plus at the end of the first quarter. They only played 18, so it's almost 50% of the games. They're down double digits at the end of the first quarter. I don't think anybody has a, a true understanding of what that is, but I think it's safe to say if, if they're going to 
you know, if you're going to make some noise and if you want to be in each one of these games, that's obviously an area that they're going to have to figure out those uh, first quarter woes that they've had. Um, I want to go back to LeBron here for a quick second. Mm -hmm. Getting a chance to do the pregame show with Michael Thompson, and Michael is someone that's been around the game for a very long time, and whether he played in the game or he's covered the game as he does, son obviously Clay, and um, he he just – Every era, I feel like Michael has been around so many different eras of basketball, and he could appreciate Kareem better than I can because I didn't grow up watching Kareem, or he could appreciate some of the other greats through the years. And I love when he starts talking about LeBron, and he's trying to describe what LeBron is doing at this age. So yesterday, and you mentioned a little bit earlier, LeBron is now all-time minutes played, playoffs, and regular season combined, he passes Kareem. And... To, to to try to understand what he's doing and to try to think, okay, well, is there another player in the league can accomplish that? Is there another player that can be 21 years in his career and still having not just average numbers, great numbers at any point of your career, and he's still doing at age uh, uh, 21 years in or in his 21st season? When, when Bron came to the Lakers, and I, the reason why I want to go back that far is because Someone like you that's watched Braun throughout his career and got a chance to obviously cover him when he was in Cleveland. Did you? What did you think? What was your window of? Okay, hey, Braun's got a you know three four year three four year window with the. He's in his sixth year with the Lakers and he doesn't look like he's yeah. slowing down. So I'm just kind of trying to get your perspective on that. Um, you know, it's funny. I believe if I'm not mistaken. Um, was it his last year in Cleveland that he played all 82, which was season 15 for him at the time? Um, he played all 82. The way in which he was still playing and, and damn near put a franchise on his back during that playoff run in 2018. Um, during that time, I remember thinking he's got a lot, a lot left. And then you kind of say it how you just said it, right? Sixth year in a Laker uniform after all of that and just thinking of the miles, that was when he had obviously gone to the finals for a decade and so forth. And and, and I lived those four years in Cleveland especially. I mean, it was the start in September all the way through June, four years in a row. That was coming off four years, of course, with the Miami Heat doing the same. And so I think it gets to a point where for me, Last night when we were talking about it and James Worthy said when he looked at Kareem's minutes and he said, and that's all with just one ice bag. And it's funny when you think about the different eras and the times, right? But still to this point for LeBron to be doing, we've all seen it. I think everyone's in all by it at this point too. Just that commitment to want to show up every single day for your body. Obviously, it's for the franchise. It's for the name you wear across your chest. It's for your your family. It's for those people in your life, et cetera. But, like, he has given to this game, to his body, to be in this condition. I think there's two records that probably will never be touched. And ultimately, because of how he's playing now, barring anything, that scoring record, because you know where that's ultimately going to end up. I mean, just listening to Darvin Hampson the other night, you don't get the game ball until you reach 40K. 40K? I mean, it's absurd to think that he probably still has three to five more years left. Whether it's at this level or not, he's still going to be on the floor impacting games, in my opinion. And then that minute. I mean, think about how many minutes, 66,000 plus minutes and counting. I just, I, I'm in awe by it. And I think anyone that, don't, um, that doesn't want to 
I'm not surprised, but doesn't want to take that moment to just be simply impressed by it and understand what we're kind of witnessing to steal that, that phrase. Um, you just don't like, you don't like sports. You don't like competition um, well, because it's well, certainly spectacular. And Allie, what you said too, by the way, it was 82 games. He played 82 games, 2017, 2018 season. And I got to be honest with you. Incredible. I didn't know that. I had no, I, yeah. I didn't know he had a season where he went all 82, but I think something that you mentioned there too, it's, Think about his style of play, too. It's not like, and this is not to take anything away from Steph Curry, but Steph doesn't need to, his play is not, I'm going to bully you, I'm going to out-muscle you. That's not his game. He's on the perimeter. Yes, he's running around a ton. God knows how many miles Mm -hmm. he puts on per game. But Bron's game is physical. Bron's game is, no, I like getting contact when I get to the basket. Bron's game is um, meeting somebody at the rim to try to block a shot, as in, the style that he plays with, too, I think sometimes it's easy to just even forget. He's Carl Malone's body, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But but magic style, it, however you want to you know put it, or it's just uh, that part of it is always um, always difficult to understand. But I, it's a great perspective, and I'm glad you can share that because I think it's very very easy. And we run to listen. I was watching Kobe his whole career. There are plenty of yeah. times in Kobe's career where I stopped appreciating what he was doing because it was just so normal. It was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's Cope. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know yep. that's Cope. And, yeah, he's going to play through that injury as well. Or he's going to um, drop 60 through three quarters. It's like, it's Cope. And I think there's that's a lot of times. Struggle. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say. I think there's a lot of times we're watching these great players and, unfortunately, it just becomes normal rather than taking a step back and saying, yeah, we, we may never see something like this again. And it's, uh, it's also why, to your point, of why I struggle to compare greats because I think the reason why they're great is because they can only do what so many people cannot do. There's very few of them. But it's also what separates them from one another is that there's just so much uniqueness to why they're great. And they've got that same psychotic behavior respectfully to, to be so committed and so obsessed, right? We heard that with Michael Jordan. We've heard that with Kobe. We've heard that with Bronny. You hear that with Shaq. You hear that with Tim Dunn. Like, there's an obsession there, right? But they also, to separate themselves amongst one another, have to have something unique about them that is different. And it's like, let's just let's celebrate that. Let's honor that. Let's respect that. And that's my biggest thing. And I, I just think, you know, the ones that came before LeBron, it set with him. It motivated him. It's pushed him. And he's going to continue to give that to us night in and night out. Um, and it's just something that I think that we should appreciate. Uh, final one, Allie, and as always, uh, greatly appreciate your time. Um, so I, I want to read this off because I, I think this is obviously going to be important, and this by no means takes away. AD is, every time he steps on the floor, he is 95% of the time, if not more, the best defensive player that's in that game and what he's doing on the other side. Offensively, um, here are his last 10 games, and I just want to get your thoughts of when you think he's at his best versus when he's not. Last 10 games, he's had a game with 17 points, 32, 10, 26, 27, 16, 9, 19, 30, and 18. And it's a little – it's <laughs> it's the up and down, right? And yeah. I don't have an answer for it, but from your perspective – when he's at his best and then when it looks like um, that's not the Anthony Davis or he could be so much better, what, what, are the, what are the changes in his games that you notice? 
Well, I think the biggest thing with Anthony, Anthony Davis, his biggest skill set is his versatility, right? His ability to kind of beat you around the rim in different facets, whether it's the hook shot, whether it's operating out of the post, facilitating out of the post. Um, just his ability to move around the post oftentimes, I mean, when you see the first jumper go, that could be lethal and dangerous and you feel pretty good about what you're getting from Anthony Davis. Um, he can play you in the two-man game, the pick and roll, obviously, um, his decision-making. And then defensively, I, I don't think any, he can be matched um, when he's locked in and focused, which is arguably what we've seen this season from him on that end of the floor. Um, he's unmatched. I think the one thing that I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I was reading the other day about just understanding how much of a two-way player at his size um, we are getting out of AD. I still think that it's a two-man, um, um, what do you want to call it? I, I mean, it goes both ways in terms of Anthony Davis needs to demand the basketball. Anthony Davis controls him being aggressive every single time he steps on the floor. But I still think there's an intentionality of needing to get him the basketball and making him that focal point. That is something that I don't think we could ever shy away from. The Lakers cannot shy away from that intentionality because when Anthony Davis is having those kinds of nights, it is the difference between the Lakers winning and losing basketball games. And I just think, yeah, you'll have your nights where other guys, you know, the, the ball is just moving and hopping and the energy is there and the defense is five man on a string. And so the balance of scoring is a little bit different. But when Anthony Davis is in attack mode, when he is being assertive and aggressive, it is a different story. And it makes the Lakers, it's the difference between being the, them being the top of the West, contenders, and then being in the middle of the pack. And if you don't want to be in the middle of the pack, then AD, you are that guy every single night. Um, and that's what's going to be expected of you. And I also think and believe that he has that in him. And that's the Anthony Davis I want to see show up every day. Great stuff, Allie. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. You can hear and see Allie Clifton for every Lakers game, obviously a studio host over at Spectrum Sportsnet. Allie, thank you very much for, uh, for doing this. Allie, you're the best. Thanks for having me. All right, final thoughts when we come back. Just want to take a look at the rest of the week for the Lakers. So they still got some work to do. I know uh, last night's loss was awful, but got to take care of business. You still got the Pistons, the Thunder, and the Houston Rockets coming up. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Okay, don't miss the 2023 uh, Subaru Share the Love event happening right now through January 2nd. So I want to – this is kind of just unbelievable – what Subaru does in Sierra Subaru of Monrovia, um, what they do as far as uh, Subaru Share the Love goes. After this 16th year of sharing the love, Subaru will have donated over $285 million to charity. Visit my good friends over at Sierra Subaru of Monrovia as they are proudly supporting Foothill Unity Center and the Pavlov Foundation during the Subaru Share the Love event. Just go to SierraSubaru.com for more information. I got a chance uh, last week to stop by the dealership. They're in the in the process. There's so many different events that they are doing for the local community. There's also a toy drive going on. So I went out of my way to make sure that I was trying to give back. I just love the initiative. I love all the different events that Sierra Subaru of Monrovia is a part of. I love how there's such a community aspect to what they do every day. Yes, it's a business. Yes, they're trying to sell cars. Yes, Subaru is a great, great product. But it's bigger than that. They care about the community, and they don't just walk the walk, um, or they don't just talk the talk. They walk the walk. They're doing literally events on a month-to-month basis. SierraSubaru.com for more information or visit them just off the 210 and 605 freeway. That's SierraSubaru.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. 
With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Thank you very much to Allie Clifton taking the time here and uh, obviously joining the show. She's always uh, fantastic, does a great job covering the Lakers, does it all for Spectrum Sports. And I thought she had some good takes. First, her her thought process on Anthony Davis um, – they are the Lakers are clearly. I mean, I, I know I talked about it a little bit earlier, but they are riding Anthony Davis. When I say riding, as in they're depending on him. Those stats offensively are so up and down. I don't know what to do with them. I just don't like. I I, I don't know what to do with them, based simply off the fact that the Lakers are so dependent on him. Um, and, and I think we all know that. And I think he understands that too. And if it's not, if he's not more consistent offensively, there's a lot of games like last night's game. It's not on Anthony Davis. Lakers lost by 44. AD could have dropped 50. Lakers were still going to lose. But the inconsistency on offense, unless you got six, seven guys all contributing, it's really, really tough to win. And that's certainly not something that um, I, I hope is in the cards for the Lakers the rest of the way. So the rest of the week for the Lakers is interesting. They got the Detroit Pistons, who have lost 14 games in a row. The Pistons, 2-15. and 15, Just paid Monty Williams. I think Monty Williams is getting somewhere around $13 million a year. He signed a six-year, I think $78 million, something along those lines. So Monty Williams, financially, uh, yeah, he's in good shape. The Pistons, not exactly in good shape. So the Pistons are all over the place. I know he's been questioning the effort of the Detroit Pistons and some of his players. So that's a game where, listen, we're all having a much different conversation about the Lakers um, if they don't go out and blow out the Pistons tomorrow. And I, I, I genuinely mean that. If the Lakers don't win that game by double digits and, A, there's interest the the Pistons are so bad that you should be beating the team by double digits period b you got a game the very next night against the Oklahoma City Thunder who have one of the best records in the entire NBA um and that's going to be a second of a back to back so you can imagine how tough that's going to be for the Lakers the Pistons game tomorrow business needs to be handled and it needs to be handled quick uh, and then wipe your hands clean and then start getting ready to move on. Um, but the rest of the week for the Lakers, so you got the Pistons, 2-15. and 15. The Oklahoma City Thunder, who are playing fantastic basketball, you got them the very next night on Wednesday. And then you're going to close out the, re- the week against the Houston Rockets, who the Lakers 
We've already played the Rockets twice. What, it was just the playoffs or something? I feel like we've already played the Rockets in a full series here. Um, already played them twice, got blown out in Houston, won the game here in L.A., and now uh, this game's going to be at Crypto.com Arena. Uh, Lakers will have finished off their four-game road trip. The way I look at this the rest of the week, you have to at least, you know, obviously come back to L.A. 2-2. Two and two. And all that means is you just have to beat the Pistons. And then the game against the Thunder is house money. And I, I, look, the game against the Thunder is going to be very difficult. I think everybody thought the game against the Sixers yesterday was going to be very difficult. It did play out that way. I think everybody thought, at least I did, that the Cavs game was going to be very difficult with Donovan Mitchell coming back. The good news for the Lakers, the status report did come out on uh, some of these Laker players for tomorrow. LeBron is questionable. Uh, but he's been probably going to be questionable in every game for the Lakers moving forward. Rui out. Jared Vanderbilt out. Gabe Vincent out. We know that. The good news for the Lakers, Cam Reddish probable. And I know Cam Reddish probably does not sound like the biggest name out there. I know Cam Reddish. I'm not going to try to oversell Cam Reddish, but they need him. Cam Reddish was a nice player that stepped in into the uh, starting lineup for the Lakers. Really nice defender. Um, a big guard that offers something that the Lakers right now, uh, everybody that's been out, they need these players. All those players that are out for the Lakers right now have good defensive skills. Jared Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent, I don't need to talk about. Those are two players that will pick you up full court. Cam Reddish was doing that for the Lakers. He was doing exactly what Darvin Ham needed to, needed him to do until he got his uh, that, the groin strain that he's been dealing with. So probable for tomorrow is very good news. What I'm not going to spend too much time talking about is what the Lakers schedule looks like next week because I'm still trying to figure it out. Um Remember, next week they'll start the quarterfinals for the in-season tournament. Today is the – or tonight is the last day of the um, of the tournament technically until they do the seeding, and Lakers looks like they're going to be the number one overall seed. So all that stuff's going to figure itself out. I'm going to let today just get out of the way, and then we'll figure out what the Lakers are going to be playing, who they'll be playing, where they'll be playing, and everything else that comes with it. Will they be in Vegas? Will they not be in Vegas? So we're going to kick back and and relax and let tonight all take care of itself until we start figuring out what the rest of that schedule is. Um, Three more games this week. Still a lot of work for the Lakers to do. And like I said, tomorrow the Lakers need to blow out the Detroit Pistons and start resting some of their guys getting ready for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, L.A., as always, I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Quick shout-out here. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Uh, both of them obviously helping out with the show tonight. And I uh, appreciate everybody that was tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow. Lakers, of course, taking on the Pistons. Early pregame show again. Uh, Tip-off will be at 4. Pregame will start at 2.30. So um, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Travis and Sliwa show, don't forget, at 10 a.m. L.A., have a great rest of your night. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.